BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Oh, Phoenix! Hey, yo. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. I mean, you're just going to replace me. Shut up! Rhythm Morales, the biggest slut in the Western Hemisphere. Why do I have to have a buzzer? You are now and will forever be an asshole. Because it's my show. And I love you, Greg. You guys know how to party. You're welcome! It is a beautiful Tuesday evening here for us, Wednesday morning for you, as we record another edition of the Greg DeMarco Show. My name is Greg DeMarco. We are live on the Chairshot Radio Network. Well, we're live whenever you're listening. None of this stuff's live anymore. But Live to tape. Live to tape. Is it live or is it Memorex, as Bobby the Brain Heenan used to say? With me is the wrestling realist, Patrick O'Dowd. We're going to save... The Twitter handles. We're going to save the, the, the commercials. We're going to save all that stuff for later because we have ourselves a guest. We have a guest that if you were listening in the old days of the Greg DeMarco show, you have heard this man's name, this man's voice at one point on a monthly basis in support of Joe Zanoli and the ECWA. He even once attempted to swing a chair at the back of the wrestling reel as Patrick O'Dowd. When we were visiting on the East Coast, but I'm just so excited to have on. And based on just the first couple of minutes we were talking before going on air, I was like, we're going to stop talking right now and start recording because it was like riding a bike. So please welcome back for the first time in a long time, the Greek god Papadon. Papadon, welcome, man. I'm excited. Thank you for having me. The pleasure is all yours. It always was, wasn't it? It always was. All That's ours. right. Wasn't it? Best indeed. believe yeah. it. How you doing, Phil? You doing well? It, great. 
glad to glad to be called Phil again. It's um it's been a long time. It has. It, it, it's Steve a, it's Cook will occasionally throw Phil out there. I know a lot better. So I am literally okay. So I just restarted the recording. Maybe I'll add the first. I'll add the first five minutes back on there. But you want to start fresh? Go ahead. No, start fresh. No, we are good. We're already here. I don't. It's, it's, Craig, you don't. Good. You don't believe in post production. It's adorable. Well, I already got to edit two files together. So, so don't act like That's, there's that. You, if it wasn't for your co-host on Bandwagon Nerds, you wouldn't have post production either. So you know, right? But he he, he actually does that without me asking him to. Like I know, and he stays up way late at night doing everything else. We'll talk about Bandwagon Nerds later. We are I hate here mom with that fights. You know that. What's that? Oh, wow. I said I hate it when mom and dad fights. Pff, that's all <sighs> we have to do anymore, man. He got the we podcast and the divorce. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, it's just – first of all, it's good to be back on with you. It's good to to do this. This is the first time we've ever been able to see you while podcasting because we use the old blog talk radio piece of shit platform that we used back then. But this is so exciting for me and exciting for us to be here. And Well, before we go any further, let me just say it's a pleasure to be on here. The check better fucking clear, or else you're gonna have to face the wrath of GGP. But go on. Uh, we'll, we'll figure that out later. We'll figure that out later. Okay. It's, it's spoken like a promoter. The the envelope's a little we'll light. We'll fix it brother. in post. <laughs> we'll fix it. In. The envelope's a little light, brother. But no, it's uh, the house. The house wasn't what we expected. Um, man, you've got all those lines down since I you started. I don't use them man. at all. I never. That, that's all prep before the show even happens. Man. This is. This is not how we do business out here, uh, but I'm sure. I, I've, I've actually I've watched you stuff the envelopes. I've, yeah. I've watched you work on. Hey man, you're promoting so. shows now, Greg. I do. I, I've been. Yeah, yeah he's I, a real deal. Yeah. What's the um, What's the company called? Impact Zone Wrestling, IZW, out here in Arizona. So why the we, fuck am I not booked? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> how dare <laughs> you, sir? <laughs> because we sell every you? seat in the house without a single flight being booked. That's why. Yeah, well, this way we get the bigger venue if I get. Booked. That's how I mean, I've been working. Trust me. I have been working on getting a bigger venue. We well, cannot congratulations. fit another per- – thank you. I appreciate that. We, we cannot I, fit another I smell arena building. show if you bring the Greek god. Maybe. Maybe. It's it's hard. It, it, the building is great. Aesthetically, it's wonderful. The lighting is perfect. It's all provided for us. We just put oh, a sweet. ring and chairs in there, and, and it's it, it, the talent's amazing. Like, everything's so good. It's just, yeah, we literally – our last event, we were – you know, we, we had every chair sold and people standing around, and it's just – you know, for some reason, finding some place that suits our needs is is been a challenge, but we continue to work on it every day. So it's the good, it's a good problem to have. All right, I'll take it. Shoes, some people's it. some people run a show and they can't fucking. I'm sorry, can I curse on the show or no? Of course you can. Yes. Okay. Some people can't draw because all they do is they they book people, they they play promoter, and then they 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 throw a press release on, on the interwebs and they think that's promoting, and they it's draw just, 15 people and then they wonder why. I we have some shows locally that would be happy to have fifteen. It, it, there was one that not too long ago had six, and 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 it was in the same building that I run the weekend before. And I'll send you a picture that that I will not share publicly because I would feel horrible, but I'll send it to you. But um, yeah. It's Last just time you insane. told me that, I had that image burned in my head for a long time. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, you this told one. me not to talk about the dick pics. Yeah, I told oh, you not to talk about that, but yet here we are. So. That was Patrick. Did he get out of his microscope? That was Patrick. Ouch. Damn, um, dude. I'm not going to send my I mean, at least it's more impressive. Oh, look. Uh, he, he showed me. He sent me the pic. I told him I'm Greek, not that Greek. Calm down, sunshine. And he got all upset. <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness. Um, 
so yeah, so that's where you know where it's at, like promoting wise, and and I love it. It's it's but you talk about you know people just throw some wrestlers on and do it. We, we the reason we sell out is is two reasons. It's it's the stories. And it's the talent. Like we tell stories and, and every match has a purpose. Every match has a purpose. Our VIP match that's, that's for the fans who pay the extra money for front row, front row, or whatever. Those matches are part of the story. And then our talent just takes what I talked about this before on the show, even recently. The best talent in the world can take what's on paper and make it better in the ring. And that's what they do. And, and our fans know that they're loyal. They come out. We sell that's out awesome. VIP like that. And then we sell out every ticket usually before the event even comes. And we're trying to squeeze people in for walk up and everything that we can. We had a bigger venue, um, for, for last November's event. And then, uh, and we were able to put more people in there. And then they sold the building to a fire restoration company who immediately converted it. We couldn't use it anymore. So we're back in the old place, but. Yeah, it's 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 an ongoing thing, man. It's definitely an ongoing thing, and and you know what? Someday we will be able to put you on the show, and and it'll only be better because of it. I mean, you got you know, you and I looked this up. You made your debut in 1999. Is that not right? Correct, July 17, 1999. Which That's I believe, birthday. if the internet's to be believed, you actually debuted on your birthday. I just said that. Yeah, yes. Yeah. If you'd been listening, Greg, if you'd let him talk, uh, uh, I, a good podcast host never listens. He's, he's too busy trying to get his shit in. <laughs> I am. He is. So, so here we are, fuck, almost 23 years later. I mean, how – you've seen it all. I mean, and, and that's the biggest thing. Two things come to mind when I think about it. Number one, how have you managed to hold up 23 years physically? Very well because I know how to work. I just don't wrestle. I make moments. I get to pay people in the palm of my hands. I get them emotionally attached in whatever storyline we're in and what I am presenting. And I send them home happy. Regardless, if I win or lose, they get their money's worth and they're leaving talking about me 10 out of 10 times. And it's not me being cocky. It's just me being confident in what I can do. Um, fact is, you know, I wrestle smart. Uh, God, thank you. He has blessed me with the gift of never getting blown up in the ring. I can wrestle for an hour, hour and a half straight. I don't get blown up. Five minutes playing with my sons, I'm huffing and puffing. <laughs> so I don't uh, – listen, I'm a wrestling machine, and I'm very fortunate to the way I'm running around the ring at training when I when I go to like uh, Creator Pro, but most, more, more importantly, NYWC, that's where I mostly train. Um, and I'm wrestling with 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds, and they're huffing and they're puffing. And I'm like, dude, I didn't even – I didn't even break a sweat here. I didn't even start. What the fuck's wrong with you guys? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll be 45 in July, you know? And I had my first match after only one month of training, which is unheard of. Yeah. So I take I take very great pleasure um, in knowing that it only took a month to get into my first match. Was the match great? No, it was the drizzling shits compared to what I do now. But, uh, it you know, it was what it was. And... Um, I'm just very fortunate because I sat under the learning tree of homicide, my original trainer. Then when the when the doghouse in in in, in uh, Brooklyn closed down because they lost their lease, I went to NYWC and I sat under the learning tree of Mikey Whipwreck and I got polished up by Mikey Whipwreck. And those two individuals are the godfathers of every major great talent within the Northeast region here in the independent circuit. Anybody who's anybody from the Northeast is one of these two individual students. So the fact I was able to sit under both learning tree 
I'm very fortunate and I take pride in it. And I, and whenever I do a podcast, I let people know because, you know, without them, there'd be no us. So, you know, it is what it is. But as far as injuries, I've also been very fortunate. I mean, I've gotten hurt at times, um, but it's not ballet. And to be honest with you, you know, 23 years later, if you would have told me in July on 99, hey, 23 years later, you'd still be on the indies. Be a full, I tell you, you'd be full of shit. Uh, unfortunately, I am where I am for whatever reason. My time has not come yet. But this business doesn't owe me a goddamn thing. There's no guarantees. So I'll stay at the table until I get at the winning hand. And whether it's in the next six months or the next six years or whatever. You know, the fact is, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing, and that's having great matches and entertaining the fans. So, when did that click for you? You talk about I, I, I don't wrestle, I work, and I know how to work, and all that. Like, obviously, you said, you know, your first match wasn't wasn't very good, and it was only after a month. When did you? And obviously, and, and I'm assuming that you continue to grow and evolve and learn because it never stops. So, when did you get it? When did you realize here's what I need to do for the people? And then that obviously is what has extended your career coming to this day. But when did that click for you? You know what? I don't have an exact moment. Um, when I first started at the doghouse, we were very fortunate because it was every week. So we were wrestling every Saturday. So it wasn't me wrestling once a month at an indie show. Every week at 920 Jamaica Avenue in uh, in Brooklyn, we were wrestling and we were honing our craft, getting better and better and better and better. And just it's just on the job training like repetition. Boom, boom, boom. You know, what worked on week three may not work on week four. And you got to figure out mentally why, you know, maybe the round, the round piece didn't go into the square hole for whatever reason. But next week, the square piece will go in the square hole, you know. But point being is, um, it's just a lot of ring time, man. A lot of a lot of ring time, a lot of passion, hunger. I'm still very hungry. Um, And the fact that uh, I've learned from my mistakes and I've learned from other people's mistakes. And when people tell me a certain thing, I sit there. And I absorb it like a sponge, but, but I also study and I'm a student of the game and I see what works. And for those who are out there making millions of dollars making this, they're doing something right. They've broken the code. Take a little bit over here. You take a little bit over there. You make your own little stew and there you go. Do you think that age factor is, is works against you? No. No. Okay. No. Because I don't feel 44. Right. I feel like I'm 22. I'm in the gym. At least five times a week. I'm training whenever I can get back down to the school. You know, it used to be three times a week in the ring. Now it's one, once a week. Uh, if I'm very fortunate, it's consistent, you know, every week. If not, but I'm on the road every weekend wrestling, you know. So it's not like I'm just sitting home playing Nintendo or kids okay, don't even say Nintendo anymore. What do the kids play now? PlayStation or Xbox. You know what I mean? So I'm constantly I'm constantly watching old old uh wrestling psych just for just for psychology reasons and storyline reasons and seeing the 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 little things that's what my moves don't mean shit in wrestling i tell the kids this all the time it, the glue is the most important thing not the moves and i tell them you got to make that emotional connection i can get i can come through a curtain in a place that i've never wrestled before whether i'm in the first match or in the main event where i'm normally at i come through see what i did there uh i come through and in a matter of five seconds, I have them in the palm of my hands from just me saying one word or just giving a stare or a look. And I take my time and I pace myself and I, and I gauge the room. I gauge the audience 
And I watch matches before I go on that's on that show to get a better understanding of what these people want to see. A lot of people don't do this. They go, oh, you know what? I saw this thing on the uh, on the interwebs, and I want to try this, and I'll slap my fucking leg, and you guys got to sell. But you know what? If I kick you in the head, don't sell. But if I chop you, sell that. Fuck out of here. That makes no goddamn sense. And I have a moniker. I call myself the governor of real town because I'm never a citizen of leg slap city. And to all the citizens of Leg Slap City out there, how dare you? In the words of Greta Thunberg, how dare you? Because you people should be ashamed of yourself prostituting this business by smacking your thighs for no apparent reason. Bunch of marks. Anyway, sorry. Well, I mean, just there you have it, folks, on the uh, the whole leg slapping issue. I'm glad we, we marked that one off. I think that's good. Um, Craig, if you want to keep going, because really I have a couple of questions about sort of Papadon's opinion on some current events that have happened in wrestling, but I, I didn't want to derail what you're talking about right now if you had more. I do have more on on salient to what we're talking about now because I'm fascinated by it. And because you spend so much time, you know, weekly in, in the gym, at the school, doing your training, you've seen so much. You've seen the business change right before your eyes. What is it like for the students now who are coming up? What are they doing things you're impressed by? Are they doing things that you're like, why are you not doing X, Y, and Z? Like, what do you see in this current generation coming up? And, and I see the look on your face and maybe it's not good, but it, that's, they, then they need to hear it. No, like, no, what no, do you no, no, they need to hear the truth. And the truth is that they're, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. You know the question. They're very athletic, a lot more athletic than what people used to be back in the days. But let's face it. The athlete now is a lot trim, a lot smaller in stature and frame. They're not all six, four and above, you know, or six, two and above weighing 350 pounds gas to the gills. A lot of them are ripped. A lot of them are, 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 are in good shape. I sound like a fucking seal. R, R, R. Like I said, a lot of them are in good shape. A lot of them are ripped, right? They're not big. They don't have, they're more middle of the road, not, heavyweights, not cruiserweights. Some of them are cruiserweights, if you really look at it. But that helps them in the long run because, you know, you're sitting on, you know, if you're doing what we're doing and you're on the road, let's say with the E or or any other company that was traveling multiple days a week and you're partying and you're on the gas and you take uppers and downers, we've seen the outcome of that generation and how many many of them have died early because of all the cocktails they were taking or whatever the case may be. This is a smarter, healthier generation. So they're more athletic, but at the same time, they need to realize a move doesn't mean anything. It's just a move. When we watch wrestling, do people really believe that Honky Tonk Man was a singer? They know he couldn't sing. Do they really believe the Moondogs were too neanderthals that had lice or they believed hillbilly jim was really a guy who was a hillbilly or whatever the case may be no they believed in the they believed in the character because there was some kind of mysticism to them there was some kind of mystique unfortunately with with social media and the internet being what it is now you can still approach it but you got to approach it differently you and what kills me now is seeing some of these kids wrestle and having a, a great match, a great physical contest, and have the people starting to believe, and then they go online. I want to thank my opponent. There was an honor wrestling you. Blah 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 blah. Dude, two seconds ago you already chop off his head with an axe, and now you're thanking him for the match. Like it, it, I understand it's all a work, but you know, still, if you're not going to believe it, they're not going to believe it. 
So now you got to work twice as harder to get the same reaction if they believed it initially because they believed in you. There's a mantra that I follow very, very close to my black heart. And that's what uh, Johnny Valentine once said. You may not believe that wrestling's real, but you're going to believe that I'm real. And that's those words will forever be etched in my brain because that is what I present when I come into a wrestling ring. You have vanilla, chocolate, strawberry. There's many different flavors of wrestling. I give you believe, uh, believability and realism. And that's what I offer. Because let's face it, if I'm in the ring with you, you know, I, I weigh about 210 pounds legit, right? If I, and, I, and I'm no small guy, right? But at the same time, I'm not a big guy. I'm, I'm in the middle of the road, right? If I punch you in the face, there's no reason why you're able to run the, from rope to rope after I punch you in the face. If it was a real contest and I punch you in the face and you're able to run 16 feet or 18 feet or 14 feet or 20 feet or whatever the case may be and duck two and hit me with a hurricanrana and then drop me on my head and then all this other nonsense, then my punch meant nothing. So for me, there's a cause and effect factor in professional wrestling. There's rhyme and reason. If I'm moving to the left, there's a reason for it. If I'm moving to the right, there's a reason for it. I don't do stuff just to do stuff. And a lot of the kids nowadays, they just do stuff to do stuff until you break it down simplistically and you tell them, look, keep it simple. If this was a real fight, what would you do? Well, I don't know, sir. I've never been in a real fight. Then how can you emulate being in a staged fight? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you guys are both good looking guys. So, you know, I'm pretty sure you are very successful with the ladies. Right. So with that being said, if I told you, hey, guys, got this hot chick over here. She needs a friend. Work your magic. I'm pretty sure both you guys will be able to entertain her at least for a minute or two before she tells you guys to piss off. Right. (laughs) Because you guys have approached it. Kids nowadays, they don't know how to be social. They're all text, swipe left, swipe right, whatever they do. Right. They don't know how to talk to people. They don't look people in the eyes and talk to them. Right. So how do you expect them to connect with people if they can't be socially, you know, uh, incorporated with with another person. So when they get when you tell me, oh, I've never been to a fight, I don't come down on those people that say, hey, then why are you doing in the business? Who am I to tell you not to follow your dreams? But realize now, because you haven't been in a fight, and you have to emulate something to make it look like it really is a fight, you got to find a way. Either go start a fight, get you punched in the face a couple of times, you know what I'm saying? And realize what what it means to be punched in the face, or find some kind of way to make it look real. You know, and it's a lot harder than it seems. People are like, oh, that sounds easy. No, it doesn't. Because wrestling isn't, I mean, uh, again, you can train anybody to wrestle. The moves can be taught, right? But if a fans want to see A, B, and Z, and you call the X, Y, Z in the back, and you come out and deliver X, Y, Z, they're going to sit on their hands. They're not going to buy another ticket. They're not going to come back to the next month. They're not going to, you're not going to get over. The whole purpose of wrestling is to get your opponent over first. And the storyline over. And in the same time and in between time, you're getting yourself over by doing that, th- th- your job, getting them over. And, and all that is a lost art because a lot of people don't know that anymore. A lot of people now just want to get their shit in. They want to get their moves in. They want to slap their thigh. They want to do a fucking 360 you know, degree fucking triple Lindy off the top rope and then kick out at two and then lose with a roll up. Like, what the fuck? That makes no goddamn sense. I'm sorry. I sound like an old crabby old man. It's okay, though. But it's the, but nah, it's the truth. nah. You, okay. you, you can lose track of the number of roll-ups at, at some of the independent shows that you catch. Like it's so many, it's that's it, cliche. It's as cliche as super kicks and roll-ups. Like what was it like the one of the first shows we ever went to together? Greg, the super kick count was yeah, 
It's through the roof. One more. Like, if I see where, one more super kick, that was it. That was what the audience members. A guy in the audience kick. was like, "If I see one more super kick, it was, it was the Ring of Honor show back in the day. Well, I, my last was. event, like I literally, we had a finish and it was a small package, and I, I told, I was just like, look, just please don't do a roll up. Like, <laughs> just don't. Like, tell the story. You're gonna look silly if you lose your first, if your first loss in this company. It was this person's first loss. Is to is to a roll up at least something you have a hard time getting out of. Like, it, it's just, and I've never wrestled, so so I lean on the people that you know backstage like you know you would be at an event that you're at and, and every match has an agent like we try to do things you know the proper way and so to teach the young kids teach them how to how to get up there and how to do that um but yeah everything you're saying is 100 right there's definitely no need to apologize for it um because it is what people need to hear and i can only imagine the the frustration you have sometimes backstage and, and listen people go to me when you say leg slap city are you referring to the young bucks and i tell them no because the young bucks have broken the code They've turned the super kick into their gimmick, and that's theirs. So let them have it. But also, also they're over. When you get over, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Look at The Rock. He dropped an elbow for a finish. And it worked because he got to Dusty Rhodes, bionic elbow. Mm-hmm. Hogan was a big fucking boot. Like He's claiming he has 24-inch pythons. He never used them. Only in Japan, when the lariat was a finish, he used it. But in the U.S., he used a freaking leg drop. Okay. Why don't you talk about your, your hamstrings and your calves and your, and your thighs or whatever the case may be, right? But, you know, it is what it is. But case in point is you see these kids nowadays and they're so worried. And here's here's the factor. They're so worried about what the fans think. And they let the fans be the puppet masters of the show. So the, they're working for the fans. Instead of having the fans cheer for them when i go out there i'm the puppet master i'm going to tell you what you're going to do without you knowing it that's the lost art it's a subliminal message i'm telling you to boo me through my antics and cheer my opponent if i'm the heel vice versa if i'm the face right but usually i'm the heel because i'm always the ring general in the match but i digress so what do i do i go out there i do my shtick and it works 10 out of 10 times because i know how to piss people off Ask my wife. She'll tell you. I have a PhD in that fucking thing, according to her. But point being is that I want them to act a certain way. I'm going to get them there. Now, people go out there and they are they want to get a, a chant. I don't care if they chant or not. I'm not trying to be a cool heel. You'll never see me slap my leg on any bullshit. You'll never, ever see me play to the crowd. I'm a heel. I don't care if they like me or not. After a move, I'll talk shit to the crowd to get heat because there's only two things the money's in. The money's in the heat and the money's in the sell. And that will never change. So if you're babyface, you sell your ass off like Ricky Morton, like Ricky Steamboat, like Shawn Michaels. You make that connection so you get that sympathy and you have them vicariously live through you so when you blow that comeback, they're beating up the heel through you. They heal He's the one who's generating all the heat. He's the bully. He's the prick that you hated in third grade that stuffed you in a locker. He's the prick that that put your head in the toilet and flushed it. He's the prick that stole your girlfriend and made you watch. No offense, Phil. But point being is that's wrestling because it's character. It's larger than life personas that people can relate their personal life experience to and with and they attach themselves to it, and that's how you get a reaction. That's how you get over. And that's the case. 
you do a fancy move, the first time they see it, <gasps> the 10th time they see it, eh, you've already seen it 10 times. You know, Jim Cornette says the best analogy. It's like watching two dogs fucking. The first time, it's so obscure, you've never seen it. You're like, oh my God, look, two dogs fucking. But the 10th time you see it, you're like, two dogs fucking. I've seen it already. You know what I'm saying? So that's the case. People need to realize moves don't mean shit. Moves don't mean a goddamn thing. It's that a connection. Flair's over because he made that connection. Steamboat was over. Connection. Sting, connection. Arn Anderson, the horseman. Hogan, Macho Man, connection, connection, connection. You know what I'm saying? Rey Mysterio, connection. Even though he did a lot of high-flying shit, but it worked for him. He's 5'3". You know what I'm saying? The greatest luchador of all time. You know? William Regal, a guy that I love. A guy that I, that I study. Him, Malenko, Guerrero, Benoit, uh, Jericho. These, all these mid-carders in WCW that are workhorses. Lance Storm. All these guys. You watch. They made emotional connections. Jericho was the flamboyant guy. Landstorm was dry, but he made that connection. He got over, you know, two sides of the spectrum. So you got to, you know, that's what it's about, just making that connection. So I'm getting long-winded. I no, it's okay. It's, it's, like I said, it's valuable. It, it's You talk about the fans, and, and I always thought, because people ask me, you know, why do you think it works? Why do you think it works? And I always tell them, we don't give the fans what they want. We give them what they need, which is exactly. a lot of ways, what they don't even know they want. And And when you do that, and and it's funny because you, when you're in the ring and you're drawing heat, that's that feeling for me when I when I put something down and I have this idea and then I see it executed in the ring and I hear the crowd, especially when you're running around, when you're promoting a show, you can't watch every match. You're backstage, you're paying people, you're doing this, you're checking on the front, you're doing whatever. But I can hear everything. And that's when I know something worked or something didn't. People were like, did you see the match? I'm like, no, but I heard it. And now, like, talents that have been with us for a long time, like, did you see the match? No. They're like, did you hear it? I'm like, yes, I heard it. And that tells me everything that I need to know. And it really is that. It, it's, it's, and it didn't even click for me as, 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 you know, writing this shit right away. It was, it was one of my, like, our second IZW event. And, and IZW existed long before I ever took it on. But I, we did an event that I didn't even want to do. I didn't want to do a Royal Rumble show. I just did it to get to something else. And it clicked and they were like, this was the one. Like, like we sold out a show before I thought we were going to sold out. And I went back and I looked and I was just like, this was all story. Everything was story. That's what we did. And so that's just what we stuck with. But Patrick O'Dowd, you want to get some perspective on some more current things. Well, so, so take the wheel. Actually, I just, I wanted to get, uh, Papadon's perspective on this past Sunday and, and the Cody, Seth Rollins, Hell in a Cell match. Everything from your thoughts on Cody's decision to wrestle in the first place to hey, and I think you talked a lot about it when you were talking about what works. The story they still managed to tell with Cody working with one arm, and yeah, I just uh, it, you you talked about not getting hurt or not being injured often, and so part of it is like faced with that kind of decision, you know, what is it? that goes through your mind as, as a, as a wrestler, as somebody who's going out there to, to put that, you know, possibly put, put your body in further risk. And the two, just your overall thoughts on that particular match. Cause I was impressed with how it went and how much the crowd was all about that, that main event. Uh, okay. First things first, I didn't see the match. Um, Fair enough. I did see pictures of his torn bicep and the bruises, right? I see right. that he's putting on some size as well, too. So 
you know, he's going to be one of the biggest stars in this business right now. Um, him moving to WWE, I think, was good for him. And, you know, he'll be WWE champion. He'll probably be the one taking it off the of reins uh, down the road. Who knows? I could be wrong. But uh, working hurt. Some people say it's stupid. Some people wear it as a badge of honor. I'm from the mentality the show must go on. I've done it plenty of times. Um, my worst injury um, that I've had, not even an injury, it happened in a match. I was wrestling Drew Gulak on a Friday night in Brooklyn, New York, for a company called Five Borough Wrestlings. And <laughs> funny story that the promoter, shout out to Troy, uh, Troy Thompson, he was mad because we went over time. And he's like, pop it on, you're fired. I said, again? Well, fuck you, I quit. And and then he goes, okay, you're rehired, you know, because we're friends or whatever. So the the problem was he gave me a superplex, or I gave him a superplex off the top rope. And for some reason, it was a boxing ring that turned into a wrestling ring. They didn't take the beam out. And I took such a fucking hard bump that we had to take it home, right? And my back was shot. Like, I couldn't walk. The next day, I had NYWC in Long Island, and I was wrestling Joe Gacy. My wife goes to me, what the fuck are you doing? I said, I got to go. There's a commitment. She goes, but you can't walk. I said, doesn't matter. I don't pop pills. I'm not a pill guy at all. I fucking bit my lip, fucking manned up, and went. Walked in the locker room. People are like, dude, what's wrong? I, said, I can't walk. What are you doing here? Don't worry. We'll make it work. I go, there's an old saying in this business. When you're hurt, that's when you learn how to work. So I go to Gacy. I said, Gacy was a friend of mine and a great talent. I said, listen, brother, I am truly sorry. You're going to have to carry me tonight. I never asked anyone in my career to ever carry me, but tonight you're going to have to carry me a little extra because I can't fucking move. Because don't worry. So we went out there. We had a little five-minute match, and it worked. I rolled, came to the back. Um, a wrestler comes up to me. His name is uh, Bo Sullivan. He goes to me, dude, I don't know how you did it, but I respected you 100% before, but it's just – you up the respect, right? I was like, yeah, I didn't do it for the respect, dude. It's like, only thing I have in this world is my name and my word. And if I break both, it ain't worth shit. So that's the way I think. I'm old school. Um, but some of these kids nowadays, if they're really hurt, I don't advise you to work. You know what I'm saying? It, it, the wrestling will be here down the road. Um, there's times I had to pull out. I mean, right here, I have a fucking, some, some, some Jamuk fucking dropped me in my fucking clavicle. And I had a fucking separation. Uh, I don't know if you guys can see. Hold on, yeah. let me get in the light. Right, yep. see that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Grade three separation. Luckily, I didn't need to get surgery, but it happened a week before I had a New Japan tryout, and I had to pull out of my New Japan tryout. So that fucking broke my heart to no, no end because I've been dying to go to Japan. I was supposed to go three times, and all three times the last second it fell through. So, you know, it's just the nature of the business. But I didn't go to the tryout to go wrestle because the doctor's like, yo, if you take another hit in that shoulder and, and you go to a separate four, uh, grade four separation or whatever, he goes, you're going to end up needing surgery. You'll be on the shelf for a year. He goes, we're going to have to put a metal plate in your arm. You're going to have to get a button to keep it buttoned down. And you might not have full range of motion. I said, all right, enough said. So you have to know when to, when to hold them, when, when, when to fold them. You know what I mean? So. 
It is what it is. Like I said, it is a ballet. And you talked about yeah. that match and how you still told Joe Gacy he had to carry you. And that's one thing that I think is being lost in all this. Everyone talks about, you know, Cody and, and five-star match. And, and this will probably go down as one of the five best matches he's ever had in his career. But Seth Rollins and, Seth Rollins. and the credit he deserves yeah. for going out there and, and putting on that match with Cody and, and them still putting Cody over, even though he was going to go away for six months. Like that's the one spot where you could have had Rollins go over, but it's just, and, and he's already been regarded as one of the best in the world, but he's not getting the credit. And I get it. I get why we, we focus on what, what the biggest and, and the shiniest thing is right now. And that's that pack, that torn pack. Like when he took, and, and Cody's a worker, he takes off that jacket yeah, slowly does. to show and, and they worked it out because Seth kept his polka dot shirt on during the intros, right? And in the ring, like it wasn't just, haphazard it, 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 these people are brilliant performers they plan this stuff out but when he takes off the jacket and everybody's like holy shit like you could just see it and then there's pictures you know the internet when triple h had the torn peck it looks exactly the same when people are trying to say and people like his makeup it would have been all over rollins face the crossroads literally right. your head is yeah. right there but rollins deserves so much credit too like i'm sure you've been on the other side of this well you've had to work with somebody who was hurt and 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 carry that too yeah i mean hurt people who are just green people who just don't know how to work it's plenty of times uh civilians i wrestle guys who are civilians i recently had a match in a company here in uh in new jersey called uh, ispw international i'm sorry independent stars of pro wrestling tommy fierro's company great company family family wrestling great great company and it was a tag match and my partner was a a mascot a, a, a crow he dressed up as a crow from ireland he's a just a regular guy wasn't a wrestler and he was i think it was called it was almost like uh what was that sporting site um draft kings but for ireland right right um so they were looking gotcha. to do some kind of some kind of uh i guess sponsorship or something to that effect some collaboration between the two companies so he had a match and i was his tag partner we wrestled two other guys and uh, we made it work. And he got in the ring. He didn't take a bump. We hit all his weaknesses. We got his strength over, as little strength as he had. But we made it work. And that's called working because the people were booing us out the building. And we got everything over that we that they wanted to get over. And everybody was happy. And that's all it's about, doing your job, you know, knowing your role in the match, knowing your role in the card, and getting your opponent in the storyline over first and getting yourself over by doing so. You know? No, yeah, I agree. Uh, thank you for that. Craig, I loved what you talked about in, in terms of Rollins, just how unappreciated he was during that match, by the way. Uh, and to bring it back to what Papadon talked about, uh, getting heat and, and really getting the crowd to hate Seth, like to hate him, whether it was the Dusty Rhodes polka dots to there's a moment in the match where he literally has cody's robe on over on top of his like polka dot gear with the sledgehammer like just the complete just the complete package and um i really i think people should watch that match Um, i'm gonna watch it now because you guys are putting it over so much right like and and just because it it was and the, the crowd was definitely like just sort of you talk about social media and sort of the 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 nature of fandom with when it comes to that it was clearly two camps like there are the people who were like this person should absolutely not work 
And then the people who just hate the WWE to hate the WWE, like everything they do. So of course we got to say that it like, it's a fake, it's a lie or whatever. But then the people who are like, Cody's literally out there giving you his, his right arm to, to wrestle and to give him, you know, his, his self and his body. It was completely worth the time. Uh, Greg, if you don't mind, I'd like to get off of wrestling for Go a second for and talk to Papa Don about a couple of other, his other projects. Please so we're going to pull the curtain back for a second. We had a conversation uh, prior to actually recording, and you mentioned and we, we commented that uh, you come on the call and, and your studio is, is much like your physique, is far superior to ours. And uh, and you mentioned that you have a couple of, of podcasts on your own, and we, we absolutely want you to put those over as many times as possible. Uh, but there's one in particular for me, Star Wars podcast, that I, I feel like we've got to talk about some Star Wars. Um, so why don't you start by telling us about the podcast before I pick your brain about, about Star Wars. Sure. I'm do it. I do a podcast. Originally, it was three individuals, myself, uh, a buddy of mine, Spiro, another Greek, who is a photographer slash independent film director. Um, and Alex Arroyo, who is a doctor. He does a lot of the UFC fights here in New York, a lot of the wrestling shows, kickboxing, but he's also a doctor, a pediatrician in Brooklyn in the hospital. So the three of us, we are called the new, new force order. Now, uh, what that is, is the NFO. It's a combination of wrestling and Star Wars. We incorporate wrestling lingo and stuff like that into the show. We don't talk about wrestling much, when I, except when I do a bad Shiki impersonation. But <laughs> but um, the logo is just the NWO logo. We took that because I'm a big NWO mark and um, took out the W, put an F, and now we have the new Force Order. So we do a show every week. Um, we actually got to do a show this week. I'm going to try to stay up late tonight and watch the newest episode of Kenobi. Um, but yeah, we talk about Star Wars. We have guests on all the time. Uh, we've had wrestling guests sometime where we had Hurricane Helms. We had a couple other wrestlers on the show. We've had Star Wars guys, the guy who created, uh, Yoda, one of the puppeteers. Um, we've had tons of guys, uh, other, other, um, Star Wars YouTube personalities that have been on the show. We're on every platform. We're on Spotify. We're on Podbean, Apple Podcasts. All you have to type in is New Force Order. Um, we don't do YouTube much. Spiro has left the show. He had a new job, um, and he's a new father as well. So his time, and he's really burnt out with Star Wars. He's not a big supporter of Kathleen Kennedy or the new era of Star Wars. So he's just like, I'm going to step away for a while. But he's still part of the he's still part of the, the crew. And um, with that being said, um, now it's just docking myself, holding down the ship, holding down a fort. And uh, we talk about everything, whether it's – we try to not do too much rumors. We speculate responsibly. Like you won't see me go on – we won't – you won't see me go on there and start talking about what I've seen, heard, or, or rumors and spoilers for Kenobi because I think Kenobi is outstanding. But, you know, we've talked about rumors in the past. We talk about all the news. There's a lot of humor in the – like, you know how I bust you guys' balls here on, on the podcast? Right, it's right. magnified to a thousand between Doc and myself. A little story between Doc. When I met him, it was a wrestling show. Uh, at the SATs, they had the, the, their school, the Lutus. They were doing fighting spirit wrestling. So I was on the show because me and the SATs go way, way back. Shout out to them. They're, they're killing it right now. And 
he was the medical doctor there and his wife or not wife was his helper who's also a doctor right they were doing the blood pressure and all this stuff so i was trying to bust his balls to impress her as a joke so i go hey man nice shoes he goes thanks i'm like do they sell men's clothes where you bought that at you know just busting his balls he came right back at me with his zinger and i went i like this fucking guy and ever since <laughs> and ever since then we just hit it off and my entrance song that i use it's a collaboration the opening sequence is um Duel of the Fates by John Williams. Oh, okay. Right? The yep. Darth Maul song. Yep. And then it goes into a voiceover that says, Bow to the Greek God, which is my disgusting voice. And then it then it blends into Requiem for a Dream. Right? And he heard it. And he goes, this guy's a Star Wars fan? And then we just hit it off, start talking about Star Wars. And then it's been a happily uh, friendship ever since. And now he's on the show. And we just bust each other. It's like dick and fart jokes nonstop. Like, like if you grew up in the 80s and the 90s, this is not your typical paint by number Star Wars podcast. We're like the bad boys of Star Wars podcasting. Like we'll 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 make jokes, sexist jokes, whatever the case may be. But it's all in good fun, and we let people know if you're hurt, tough shit, toughen up. You know, this isn't a snowflake podcast, so we have fun with it. But you know, it is what it is. Do we have any sponsors? No. Do we make you any money yeah. off it? No. Of course not. You know, but it is what it is. It's a labor of love, and I'm a big Star yeah. Wars mark, so I can't complain. Yeah, we might need to get to you on uh, Bandwagon Nerds at some point, which is uh, the podcast I do, uh, which is Star Wars is part of it, but it is a general, more like sort of pop culturally, oh, pop culture sort of thing. So, uh, but you mentioned Obi Wan. Sounds like you're a big fan of that one so far. Yes. Um, what What has been you? You talked about the Kathleen um, sort of era that that is kicked off here. How have you felt about that? Because I have felt it's been hit or miss depending on where you like. I hated with a passion, like the book of Boba Fett, like hated it. Okay. Um, couldn't stand it. And, uh, and the rise of Skywalker is a, is a running joke with me on bandwagon nerds. Cause like completely hated. I will defend the last Jedi to no end, but can't stand the rise of Skywalker. Okay. Uh, but then something like the Mandalorian, I feel like has been this really great sort of almost enriching of the universe post return of the Jedi that, that has worked out fairly well. Fake Luke Skywalker, notwithstanding, like his face creeped me out. It was weird. It didn't look right, but I liked the scene, if that makes sense. So for you, this new era, this Disney era of Star Wars, how's it going for you? We have a saying on the new Force Order: "What's better than Star Wars? More fucking Star Wars." And hey, Spacey Tunny, right? That's 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 what it comes down to. Look, I am a big fan of the OT trilogy. I'm a big fan of the prequel trilogy. I absolutely love the Clone Wars cartoons, Rebels that's cartoons, good stuff, yeah. right? The Rebels cartoons, the Bad Batch cartoons. I loved Rogue One. I think Rogue One is the best movie that they've come out with in all of Disney Star Wars. I absolutely love Solo. I think Solo is the most underappreciated film in Star Wars history. And my question, I tell these to all the people out there that love Star Wars. Solo got a bad rap for a couple reasons. One, it came out three weeks after Infinity War, two weeks after Deadpool. There was no marketing for the movie. The trailers leading up to it were fantastic with the sabotage and all that stuff, right? So 
if you took Solo out and put Rogue One in that thing, in that place, in May, six months after Last Jedi, with all the diver- the, the, the divisiveness that Last Jedi caused, would Rogue One be a billion-dollar movie or would it have lost money? You know what I'm saying? It just it was a oh, yeah, it was yeah. it was a victim of bad booking. They should have put that movie in a December release. Now look, the problem with the sequel trilogy is this: they don't talk well with each other. None of the movies do. Seven, eight, nine do not talk well for each other. It's like a trio's tag team, and they're on they're in a match. And instead of them working together as a cohesive unit, everyone's trying to get their shit in so they can outshine the other one. On the same team. Now, episode seven, I liked, even though my favorite, one of my favorite characters, Han Solo, got gutted like a fucking pig, which broke my heart. The first time I ever sold for anything in a movie theater, I jumped out of my seat and went, no! My brother pulled me down. He's like, sit down, you mark. Anyway, uh, I liked, I I really, really liked um, Last Jedi in the beginning. As time passed and I watched it again. And I start watching more Star Wars like The Mandalorian or good stars. I start liking it less and less. And I started watching everybody. I see, I'm very open-minded individuals. I see everyone's viewpoint. Sure. And then I make my own analysis. I see everybody's viewpoint. And they do have some 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 strong arguments on why they did not like the movie. Now, my whole problem with the movie, storyline was okay. Okay, I love the fact they killed Snoke in the second movie. I absolutely loved it because no one saw it coming. My problem is the execution of certain things. The way they turned uh, Luke from optimistic farm boy to old man curmudgeon isn't the problem. The transition, like in a spot, transitioning one spot to the other, you can't go zero to hero into a comeback, makes no sense because then all the heat that people put on you doesn't mean anything. Same thing with this movie. You can't have Luke Skywalker be the guy who is the heart and soul of Star Wars, he still is. And all of a sudden, he does this swerve turn and becomes this curmudgeon because he had a vision. What should have made sense if I was directing the movie when Kylo... Well, this is another thing. Then they tried to humanize Kylo and they took it away in the comic books that he didn't destroy the the thing. It was really Snoke. But when when the hut was burnt down and the students were killed and everyone put the heat on Kylo, they should have put it that his daughter disappeared. And he thought she was dead and that his wife died, Mara Jade from the expanded universe, or they could have called her whatever name, fucking Betsy Ross, doesn't matter. Right, right. But but then you can understand why he's so broken. He lost his students, he lost his life's work, he lost his love of his life and his offspring. That would break anybody. That's all you had to do. Make it relatable. And then people would say, Oh, and the only thing that probably a lot of people, and I agree with this, we lost Lamb. Carrie Fisher right. before nine came out. Yep. You could have went back into the editing room and ended the movie where Luke Skywalker is sitting on the rock before he disappears and keep him alive for number nine. And if you want to keep kill him off, kill him off in nine. Sure. But you didn't. For some rhyme or reason, they kept it the way they kept it. And people were pissed because they didn't get the loop that they wanted. Okay. They wanted ABC, but Catherine right. Kennedy and the storyboard and that asshole Pablo Hidalgo called xyz and delivered xyz right so that's the issue and then they got nine going and nine tried to retcon eight in certain aspects there's certain things i like about nine right some of the 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 the, the scenery the fight scenes it was cool two things i didn't like about nine 
They didn't explain how he came back, uh, Palpatine. And they just said, oh, Sith alchemy. Uh, you know, Palpatine's right. back. Deal with it. Well, fuck you, man. Don't do that to me. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and, and then the ending, they brought him back just to kill him. Now, right. I truly, I totally believe there's a JJ cut that's longer. And I do think there were force ghosts at the end. And I think there's certain things that got chopped on the editing floor for whatever rhyme or reason. Would I like to see a JJ cut? Absolutely. We saw the Snyder cut. And in my opinion, the Snyder cut is one of the best movies I've ever seen. It's just up there with Avengers. Even though it's four hours long, they had to work twice as hard to make that emotional connection because they tried to hot shot the DC universe. And Snyder in four hours, I think, did it. But it's a four-hour fucking cut. Who wants to sit down and watch a movie four hours besides this geek right here? You know what I mean? So if they gave us – I want to see the David Ayer Suicide Squad cut because I like the first two, two acts of Suicide Squad. I thought they lost it in Act 3, you know? So maybe – and from what I understand, David Ayer's movie is a completely different movie. You know, so I want to see that. It might make, might make it great. Who knows? But I definitely would like to see a, uh, the extended JJ cut that I hear that's out there. So, do I like the movies, the sequel trilogy? Yeah. Do I think they're great? No, because they don't. There's no connective tissue. Uh, what I would do if I was booking, if I was running Lucasfilm, I would go back and special edition it. I would fucking go okay. and reshoot films. I would not reshoot the film. Reshoot scenes. And incorporate them in the movie and have them have connective tissue. Because now they're trying to retcon Ray's lineage. They made her a granddaughter of Palpatine initially. But if you right. go back into the comics, Vader made his way to Exegol to go lay the smackdown on Palpatine. He got jobbed out. And when he was on Exegol, he saw the cloning facility that we saw in the movie. And they saw then he saw uh, a big, I don't know, like a tube with a severed hand in it. It was a right hand. Well, whose hand got severed? Luke Skywalker's yep. in Empire Strikes Back. Right. They didn't say it, but they were implying that that was Luke's hand and that were gene splicing right. with the hand in order to try to do the cloning process. Well, if that's the case, then Rey technically is a Skywalker because she has Luke's DNA in it. Now, if that's the case, then the rise of Skywalker kind of makes sense because we didn't see any rise of Skywalker. I was expecting right. him to pull off a Gandalf the White and come in and fucking blow Show a comeback in episode. Everybody would have loved it. And that's what they right. wanted. But sometimes, you know what? Ego. Ego's a motherfucker. Yeah, I, my no, my I have uh, you, you hit on a lot of my big problem with the uh, the rise of Skywalker because I, I say it a lot. Uh, a lot of it just makes no goddamn sense, uh, and, and that that frustrates me because you you even pointed it out. Like Palpatine's just back, and they just say he's back. Like, and you just are supposed to be like okay with that because. It's it's a play on your own nostalgia. The disconnect between the different directors, you know, with Ryan Johnson in the middle there between the two Abrams versions is is absolutely a thing. Like the tone of of The Last Jedi is different. The feel, the look like I loved some of like I loved some of the risks and sort of evolution that that Johnson tried to take with the concept of the force and how it works and wanted to see that get explored further and, and see it made, made to make a little bit more sense. I know a lot of people had issues with kind of his interpretation of it all. Um, I did not like Princess Leia flying into a, a spaceship. Like, it was done on Rebels by Kanan, and that was animated, yeah. and it was done differently, and it was done right. Right? right? Yeah. This could have been done a lot better 
The fact that they kill Akbar off real quick in the movie suck. Yeah. Right? Akbar should have been the whole Dolman movie should have been at the Akbar maneuver. I'm sorry. You right. know what I mean? Introducing a, a purple haired snowflake lady to try to take out the Snoke ship, fine. But for what? There was no emotional connection to that character. Right. She was she was completely random. You know what I'm saying? Like right. so it's funny, you know, wrestling you know, we're putting matches together. We're like mini directors. We're telling a story, right? Just like you're building a card. You're a director, right? You're trying to right. get something over. So when I watch rest, when I watch movies, I watch it and I'm like, wait a minute. If I was booking this match, I guess if it's a match, I correlate it to wrestling and I and I I work it around to where I'm telling the story and I, and I come up with better ideas. Like I this is like for solo, even though I love solo, and the fact that they fired the directors, Lord and Miller, when they had 70, 80% of the movie already shot and they had to go back in the fucking piggy bank to, to reshoot Howard. it. Yeah. yeah. And I loved Ron Howard's take. I think the movie's fantastic. One of the best Star Wars movies of all time. Right? The problem is this. I I said this. If I was doing it, I would have had I would have had the movie start off with the scene from episode seven between Kylo and Han, where he gets gutted and he's falling down the hole. Right, and as he's falling, he's seeing his spice, his life flash before his eyes, and we go into solo, and then we see the solo movie. At the end of the movie, he's on the high ground somewhere, and he's falling, and just like in a dream, when you fall right before you die, you wake up. And what happens at the last scene of the movie? Han Solo wakes up, and he's all bandaged up where he got fucking stabbed. He's like, "What's going on? Where? Huh? Where am I?" And off screen, you hear Han Solo, and who is it? It's fucking Maz Kanata, and it goes. How did this happen? How am I still here? That's a story for another time. End credits. Boom. Boom. Money. And I said, for Kenobi, if I was writing the Kenobi series, how would I write it? Very simple. Mace Windu survived. Got amnesia. Right? Doesn't yeah. remember he's doesn't remember he's a Jedi. Right? That's why he's not around, you know, for a certain amount of years or whatever. Finds out, comes back to, you know, starts to remember things, realizes what happens that Anakin turned on him, realizes that he had offspring, tries to use the offspring. He goes full heel, tries to use the offspring to bait Vader to Tatooine to kill Vader. Obi-Wan tries to stop him to save Luke. Obi-Wan, and Obi-Wan finally talks some sense into him after they had a fight and everything. Obi-Wan and Mace, boom, 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 boom. Gets Luke off of the fucking Lars homestead. Hides him for a hot second. In comes the Imperial um, Storm, in the the Imperials, the Stormtrooper, and and and, and Vader, and Vader and fucking uh, Mace have a battle, and he takes out Mace Windu. Boom! Vader kills Mace, nice and easy. Obviously, it's not going to be a fucking job match. It'll be a fucking fight to the finish, and Vader gets his ass kicked. Has to go in the back tank for a little bit, but he thinks job is done. Luke's hidden. Obi Wan's hidden. When I brought that to my my my, my uh, co-host's fucking attention, he's like, "Holy shit, that's fucking awesome!" I'm like, "I just came up with it on the fly, just thinking about it, just trying to put all the connective tissue." I mean, obviously, maybe in season two we'll see. I don't know because now that yeah, well, Kenobi's gonna get season two, I love Kenobi. I think Kenobi's better than Mandalorian, to be honest with you. And I'm I, I, on... I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah, Book of Boba Fett. Boba Fett's one of my favorite characters. I'm a big Boba Mark, huge. What we got again, execution. Everything comes down to execution. And I know we're boring fucking uh, yeah, the, the book of Craig, do you, do you Do you have a television? No, I'm just kidding. I do have a television. I do not watch it at all or <laughs> enough. Well, put it this way, right? Boba comes back in Mandalorian season two. 
and he's one of the baddest fucking characters they ever seen. They end it with him killing Bib Fortuna on Jabba's throne and taking over. Badass scene. Then we have Robert Rodriguez come out and say, hey, the show is all killer, no filler. Hyping everybody up for this badass, this badass, this badass. And they deliver the complete opposite. Now, I don't know if it was intentional bait and switch. I don't know if there's internal conflict between people trying to get their visions across, too many too many chefs in the kitchen. But what we got wasn't the Boba Fett of old. And there wasn't a good transition to go from A to Z. We needed that that bridge to explain why now it's all about the good Boba Fett. We jump-started it too quick, and people got lost in translation, and people got upset they didn't get what they wanted to get. And my my only gripe in the scene, there's a couple of scenes that I didn't like. The one thing that stuck out with me the most, the last scene, the last episode, was when uh, Fennec Shan came down and killed the mayor and killed the fucking Pike syndicate leader and killed everybody in that fucking hut. It should have been Boba because then the circle right. would have been complete. He would have got revenge for his fucking the sand people. She She's just a hired gun. She didn't need to kill him all. It should have been Boba. And it should have had like a, like a, like, a, I don't know, maybe another fucking flashback from his dad, you know, showing that he's always going to be, he can't run from his past. He's always going to be the killer. And that's always going to haunt him in the back of his mind or something to that effect. You know what I'm saying? Because they do the whole fucking series. And the last thing he says is, oh, we're not cut out for this. And Fennec Shan is like, well, if it's not us, then who? And they show a fucking picture of fucking right. Tim Oliphant in the back of the tank. I'm like. You just gave us fucking all these episodes, and now you're telling me you're not cut out for it? So basically, you just pissed in the wind for six fucking episodes? Like, what basically. the fuck was the point? Even yeah. though, even though that fucking episode of Mandalorian was cool, but the episode with Luke Skywalker, the the date fake Luke Skywalker with Grogu, best Star Wars. The best. Oh, I don't want Sebastian Stan as Luke Skywalker anymore. I want deep fake CGI Luke to the day I die. Mark Hamill is Luke Skywalker. There you go. Uh, I thought they did Cad Bane dirty in uh, Boca Boba Fett. That was my big problem. Uh, I hope he's not really dead. But that's the problem. That's another thing. Palpatine didn't die. Boba Fett didn't right. die. Uh, maybe Miss Windu didn't die. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, right, the only right. died is fucking Han Solo. And he, they even <laughs> brought it back on a memory, even though that was the greatest. That is a fucking great scene in nine. You know what I'm saying? But still, nine. again, it's like all these people coming back and there's no point of death. You know, so I hope he is dead. But I hope we get more backstory of uh, a Cad Bane. And they should have had him incorporated more with the killing of the Tusken Raiders. So this right. way, when Boba does kill him, it meant it something. Feels, it feels like it's worth something. Yeah, exactly right. All right, all right Greg. We, we nerded out pretty hard there. No, I enjoy um, this. You still awake? You remember. We used to do this stuff with, with Leva Bates. We used to do this stuff with plenty of people. So young, no, yeah. Shout out to Leva. Love no Leva. problems Great whatsoever. Kid. So this is good. Go out there, uh, type it in your Google machine, new force order. I've found it. I've got all the information I need. I'm, I'm going to try to bring this to more people. This is something Appreciate that, it. that GGP and I can talk about offline. Um, cause it's like you said that we do this for the love of the game and we, we don't make a ton of money from it. We don't make a lot. We, we've, because of, of getting all the shit. What is, together. what is this? We may make, don't make it a lot. Like, I have made zero dollars, sir. I have made enough have to made support things dollars. like a website and, and you know, platforms that nobody's using like Restream that, that they begged me for and now they don't use. Stuff like that. Um, so, so yeah, trust me. That's where all that's going. Um, and, and we try to do the best that we can with everything. But, no, I, I definitely it, – it, we are sports 
entertainment and sports entertainment. That's what we're doing at the Chair Shot Radio Network. And, and what you guys do definitely falls into that. So, um, cool. If, if, and whenever there's crossover, that's even better, right? When we have that. And I do think I did want to ask you one thing about that, especially listening to you talk. And, and I hear this all the time and I go through it myself. Has it become humanly impossible for you not to discuss non wrestling things? Without bringing up wrestling terminology, wrestling words, wrestling this and that. No, I even talk in the house. I tell my kids and my wife, keep past the gimmick, and they know what I'm talking about. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it is what it is. Like, we have a segment on the show on the new Force Order called "Who's More Over," and we compare two aspects of Star Wars. It could be a person, place, or thing; doesn't matter. But we turned it into a segment incorporating the word "over," which, as you guys know, it means popular in wrestling. You know, so no, my life. Again, I'm not a play wrestler, I'm not a cosplay wrestler. When you become a wrestler, it's your lifestyle. So this is my life. I'm a professional wrestler. Uh, some people who are on TV, when they get seen in public, they try to hide right. that they're a pro wrestler. I don't, I don't show it, but if people ask me, I do not denounce it. I am proud of being a pro wrestler. I wear my fucking uh, like a badge of honor on my fucking sleeve because my people, the Greeks, invented wrestling, and we invented pro wrestling because we invented drama entertainment so those two ingredients that make up pro wrestling come from the greeks so i'm very proud to be the greek god papadon the greek god of pro wrestling the alpha and omega of pro wrestling if you will and continue to do what i do so yeah i can't it can't escape me i think it's phenomenal i think that's what we need in this business and and whenever your time is up whenever you stop you know physically performing in the ring um that that there will be a void. There will be a void that's left. And I don't I got, I got too many that. kids, man. I'll probably die in the ring, to be honest. With you. I hope not. Uh, I hope not too, but don't want that to happen to anybody. Um, and who, you know, it, it's so funny when you watch sometimes now when you see like an Adam Pierce and, and a legendary in ring performer and most people are going to know him because of his outside of the ring character that he's played and, and, and the influence that I know he has backstage and everything and, and, you know, I always hate to ask this question, but it's true. Have you ever thought that maybe that ends up being you? That maybe you end up contributing to the business in another fashion? Sure. I don't mind being a producer, uh, an agent, if you will, a booker. Um, uh, what do you call it? An announcer. Mm-hmm. One thing I can't be is a referee. Why? I'm in that ring because I, I don't care. Well, no, it's not, well, it's not even that. Referee is the most important piece in the match. It's like the queen on the chessboard. We don't have a referee. We don't have any rules. We don't have any match. It's just two guys rolling in their round in their underwear for no apparent reason, which may be fun for you, Phil, but not for me. I'm not that Greek. Um, I, got, but, I got my things. Hey, I'm not knocking it. Everybody's got um, something. Teach, te- that's it. Teach their own. But if I'm in that ring, I want all eyes on me. Yeah. I'm the wrestler. I'm the guy they want to fucking be booing or cheering or whatever the case may be. So I'm a ham. I can't be uh, co-starring as a referee in the ring. You know what I mean? So I just can't. Um, I've tried it, you know, not not try it to be a ref, but like even guest referee spots. I fucking hate doing it. So if they call me tomorrow and WWE calls me tomorrow and say, hey, Papadon, we want to offer you, you know, a contract to be a ref, I have to turn it down. Wow. I definitely would. Yeah, guaranteed. I turn it down. Well, not guaranteed because if they say, hey, we're going to pay a couple million, then I'll do it. <laughs> right. But, you know, if they're like, hey, we're going to give you fucking 
start a long contract right. to be a ref, I'd turn it down. I would turn it down in a heartbeat. Because you, uh, know, you but, know how it would turn out, and, and I get that. And, and who yeah, wants and to, my heart wouldn't be in it, man. And who I, wants I to uproot? Because you didn't have to move to Orlando. You have to do all that, uproot the family and everything, just when you know it's not going to work. I get it. You know, yeah. I, I don't think anybody should fault you for that. I think that level of self-awareness is necessary. But that, that that comes back to what I was saying before. When you're in a wrestling ring and you do something, there has to be rhyme and reason to doing it. Same thing, you know, if you want to be a wrestler, you want to be a, a race car driver, you want to be a porn star. Whatever, it's all the same stigma, right? You want to do it, you have to have a passion for doing it. You you want to do it because you want to commit yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't do it and turn it on and off just for your friends and family because that's bullshit. You know what I'm saying? You're doing more detriment than, than, than being an asset. You'll be more of a liability. So me, that's why I do what I do and I do it well because I still have a passion and a hunger and, and I quest for knowledge. I still try to learn every time I'm in that ring. And every time I'm in that ring, I do learn something. The day I stop learning being in that ring is the day I got to fucking hang them up. So, I know it sounds cliche, but it's the truth. It, it, it's cliches are cliches for a reason. The, 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 the phrases have stuck around for a long time. You know, they, they've lived long enough to become a cliche, and that's something that I think is underappreciated sometimes. This coming weekend, uh, you are on the road again. You're going to be competing at Lucha Expo or Expo Lucha. Expo Lucha. Kevin's going to get mad at me. Expo Lucha, and you will be in a three-way mixed tag team match. This is, you know, pretty much the most Lucha thing ever. So Lady Motovala, Sam Adonis, Kira, Mr. Iguana, and you and Reina Dorada in a three-way mixed tag team match. So Fanshelf. That's on night one. What's that? I'm also on uh, – that's night one. I'm also on night two. Mm-hmm. But I, the, I don't know who I'm wrestling on night two yet, so. Okay. Yeah, three events total. Head on over to ExpoLucha.com. I know uh, one night will be on pay-per-view on Fight TV. You can see that as well. Lots of great stuff. And you get guaranteed, guaranteed you've got matches on these cards that are going to entertain you because the Greek god Papadon is in the house. So ExpoLucha.com. Go check it out. It, it, it's an amazing event that, that the folks at Mass Republic put on every single year, and you won't be disappointed. Mass Republic and Kevin Kleinrock, man, they're, they are – and I'm not just saying this because I know Kevin – for a long time. Last time he was in Philly, I worked at his event and had a great time. This guy puts on such a great time, such a great event. It's not a wrestling show. It's an event. You know, you don't want to miss the event, you know, and you're going to see such stars as Ultimo Dragon. Um, Super crazy. Damien 666, you know, Lucha stars, left and right. Asriel, who's a independent star from the doghouse, fellow friend of mine is going to be on the show. A couple of other individuals. I can sit here and name the whole repertoire of people, but I won't because we have a time frame to follow. But got to keep your time, kid. Uh, point being is it's a two-day event, and it's something you don't normally see. You don't see a whole lucha card. You don't see masked female athletes or masked male athletes from AAA up here. So don't be like, I'll go to the next one. There won't be a next one, not for like another year or two years. I mean, the last time we were here was three or four years ago before the pandemic. So we don't know what's going on right now, what's going to happen down the road. You know, we don't know what the government's planning to do to us, but I digress. That's the other podcast, The Conspiracy Horseman. But anyhow, so yeah, Expo Lucha, you guys better go there, man, because I'll tell you one thing. I'm going to show all these luchadors what real professional wrestling is all about. The Greeks invented it. I'm here to save it because these people are bastardizing it with their masks and their two referees and their suspenders and all this nonsense. Look, Alpha, Omega, 
GGP, Greek God Papadon, the greatest unsigned talent there is today in professional wrestling, the greatest wrestler in the world today, the man who can walk and talk in two different languages and deliver every time will be in the house. That itself is worth the admission. And you get to see some guys in masks do some flips, which is also cool. And get to see you cut them off, which is always going to be very entertaining. Look, we, we've been at this for over an hour now, and, and I can't thank you enough because I know you've got the family. You've got your own recording you want to do. You've got so much going on. Um, it, it's been a long time. We didn't do guests for a long time because we were recording at crazy times. But thank you for for allowing us to reignite that flame and, and coming on and doing that because it's, it's, it was really the perfect way to do that. And I can't thank you enough for that. And and. You know, I knew I was like, we want to do guests. I know exactly, you know, put up the GGP signal and, and he will come in and he will deliver. And, and it's very much appreciated. Let people know, obviously they go out there, Google new force order. I found it. it took me two seconds. Very easy to find, but where they find you on the social media, whatever is your place you want to direct them to what, uh, where can they find you? All right. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. And I keep this very simple because you wrestling fans are not the sharpest tools in the shed. So pay attention. At Greek God Papa Don, Twitter, Instagram, okay? Facebook is Demetrius Papa Don. They won't let me put Greek God in it for some reason, so whatever. The I'm also on Getter, Greek God Papa Don, but whatever. I haven't been on that forever. Um, Pro Wrestling Tees slash Greek God Papa Don. See the pattern for me, people? YouTube channel, Greek God Papa Don. Subscribe like hit the notification bell comment all that new force order at n f o underscore podcast on twitter new force order instagram official new force order on facebook now i also do another podcast that we recently got blackballed and we recently got shadow banned called the conspiracy horseman it is exactly what it sounds like four pro wrestlers who are free thinkers always always questioning every narrative. What we are is guys who like to talk about things from every point of view. It is myself, Bin Hamin, Stevie Richards, and Big Sal Graziano. We've been at it for three years plus. We've spoken to guys like David Icke. We've spoken to guys like uh, uh, Pat, uh, McAfee, who recently got suicided we've spoken to other guys left and right hip-hop artists people left and right about everything and anything in between conspiracy land conspiracy topics whatever it was very entertaining because we didn't really talk about wrestling we did incorporate some wrestling into it like lingo and stuff like that and jokes but it was just four wrestlers talking shop like we would in a in a locker room unfortunately like i said we got shadow banned we got thrown off of Twitch. We got thrown off of uh, Twitter. We got thrown off of uh, podcast uh, networks. We got thrown off of YouTube, Vimeo. We are trying to come back. We have two shows in the can right now. Just been my, been, I'm in it myself. And we're trying to get a paywall platform that's not going to throw us off because Patreon now is throwing people off who are doing conspiracy topics. So it's, it's hard. You know, that's what she said. But point being is, you know, if you guys want, keep, you know, Google it. Uh, maybe you might find some old episodes if they, they haven't been scrubbed off the internet yet. Maybe some are on some podcast platforms, whether it's Spotify, Podbean, whatever. Just type in Conspiracy Horseman. Hopefully you'll find something and we make some sweet love to your ears, verbally that is. 
Well, I can't thank you enough for doing this. We will do it again much sooner than later because it's just, it's entertaining. It needs to be said. You, you're, you're, uh, just, just such a contributor to this business that I still think despite the, the 23 years and everything you've done and the places you've been able to go, still underappreciated. One, one last thing. August 20th, New Age Wrestling. I will be, be making my debut for that company in, in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. But before the show, I'm doing a seminar. So any wrestlers out there who want to better their craft and want to learn from the greatest unsigned talent that there is today, that's me. I will teach you what you need to know, uh, what you hopefully will let soak up in your brain and make you a better person. Invest in yourself. It's only $20 a head. Um, and it's four hours long. So we'll go over everything, psych- psychology, ring positioning, promos, whatever you guys want to cover, you'll cover. And whoever is the best one will get a spot on the show. So it's also an investment in your show, in yourself. So look it up, New Age Wrestling, and sign up for the seminar, GGP Seminar, 20 bucks. I'm going to start doing more of these things. Hint, Good. hint. Maybe in Arizona. Hint, Maybe. Hint. I know some people. No, and that would be, I mean, yeah, we can definitely figure those things out because I do think it's great. And one of the things that we do in IZW is, and the original IZW was attached to a school. This one is not. It was always about bringing up the new talent. And we do that now. We have veterans and we need veterans, but we also have new talent who are learning and who are growing. And, and our backstage environment, you, you would love it if you saw it because there's so much of that communication, feedback, idea sharing. And we bring people in and they get to do that and see that. And we have we have a guy by the name of Mercury Yaden from Denver. He used to work for TNA and he's out there. He runs a school. He comes to our events and he's backstage giving people feedback. And of course, a Navajo warrior who's a legend. And, and it's just amazing what we get to do and, and, and the responsibility that's hoisted upon myself and Nav shoulders to keep this thing going. So yeah, I totally get it. And, and I think there's a ton of value in it. We can definitely figure that stuff out as we continue to move and grow. But thank you for coming on. Thank you for keeping at this thing in professional wrestling because the world needs you. The world of pro wrestling needs you. And like you said, it, it may not owe you anything because it doesn't, doesn't owe any of us anything, but uh, you've given it a ton. So hopefully I, I say thank you. I think on behalf of a lot of people who should have and have it. And I know plenty of people have, but there's even more who haven't. So thank you for doing this. We'll do it again in the future, man. And, and good luck this weekend. Well, thank you very much. Luck is for losers. I tend to, I, I will show all these luchadors what a real wrestler is like. No leg slapping, no pass bys, and any of that nonsense. But thank you. I had a lot of fun talking about wrestling, talking about Star Wars, talking about everything in between. So thank you very much. I look forward to coming on again and chopping it up with you guys. You guys are pretty cool, no matter what they say. And they do say it. So, all right, man. Thank you. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Later. All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. The clock is ticking, and we're in the clear. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. We got three minutes, and we're out of Well, that was fun. I mean... That was insane. That was that was a, that was, that was a throwback to the extended editions of the Greg DeMarco show. <laughs> he man. always would do that, that to us, man. Land of the we, hour long. Well, it wasn't just him. Every interview we did, it seemed like went like we we had, we were known for our longer longest would, interviews. But he would now, be because of of the reason we would have him on was because of the ECWA. So he'd normally be on a show with another guest. 
And normally right. he'd come on first, and I'm like messaging the other guests. He's like, sorry, we ran long. There's probably shows where we couldn't even have the second guest because he ran long. Like, but I don't care because right. it's just that much fun. He's a gem in this. I didn't want to use that word in front of him because who knows what he thinks it means. But he truly is just a gem in this business, and it's so great to talk to him, and, and I miss that. Uh, and that's why, you know, we don't do interviews yeah. all the time. We don't have to. The, the business has changed. Podcasting has changed. And – uh, and you know, if we can get some of his stuff and, and more exposure on it on the network, I definitely would love to do that. But that was just so much fun. Um, I did want to talk that, and we got into some of it in the interview with him, but like the stuff with Cody Rhodes, um, I will say this because I don't want to get into the shitty. I had a whole conversation with people because they were like, as a promoter, what would you do? And I can't, I can't right. answer that question because I hand someone an envelope with cash in it. Cody Rhodes is, right. is, has a, like a $3 million a year deal and they gave him a bus sure. and all this stuff. And they're going to pay for his surgery. Like it, it, even though right, it happened right. weightlifting, but it also thing. happened training. It, it's apples and oranges. And a wrestler, a local wrestler even tweeted. He was just like, wrestlers are going to try to work through stuff. Like we don't have million dollar deals. We have families and jobs. Like it, it's just, it, it's just night and day. You can't compare, even though people will try to. Um, and people are trying to criticize, right? WWE shouldn't have let him wrestle. You know, right. if this happens in AEW, they're not saying that. But I don't want to. No, get into no, that. no, no, no. I ahead. mean, they they literally they literally celebrated Matt Hardy getting knocked unconscious and continuing to try and work yeah. through through a match. Like, WWE, so don't it's, it's don't wave that right. Yeah, right. Don't wave that righteous paintbrush. And like that's that's the thing that I found really interesting. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Finish no, no, your it's you're good because the only thing I was going to say about that is it's more of a statement now. And, 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 and Pat was even talking about it a little bit when he was on Cody Rhodes. And, and I don't know this is why he did it. Maybe he did. He just became a legend. When right. he comes back, he is coming back at a level he has never been on in this business. Right. Absolutely. And he was never going to miss this. And he's quoted as saying that, but even if he didn't make that quote, that's been out there, this was his first ever WWE pay-per-view main event. Like this was, Mm -hmm. was his, this is why he came back was for moments like that. And he was never going to miss it. Plus he's old school. And somebody was like, what does that mean? He's old school. It's that show must go on. You work hurt. It's it's the commitment. It's like, I made a commitment to have this match. And everyone says, well, now other talents can be pressured to do that. Go listen to the old something to wrestle with podcast with Bruce Pritchard before a return to WWE was ever a thing back when he was shitting on everything they were doing he would still tell you they would never force a talent to do that they would never do this like there's right. always Drew McIntyre was backstage ready to go it hasn't been reported anywhere but I guarantee you Drew McIntyre would have been the replacement he replaced him the night before on a house show right. that that Cody couldn't work and Drew McIntyre, we all know he's the, he's a company guy. He's, he's the biggest company guy. And look, they always have go back and watch. I want to say it was WrestleMania 37, the first one back in, in, in a building. Um, there's a bunch of wrestlers on the stage when Vince McMahon does the welcome before it starts raining. I have to wait 30 minutes. Jinder Mahal is standing there in tights and boots. Jinder Mahal yeah. didn't work either night. Jinder Mahal was at the ready. He was one of the talents they had ready to go if something happened. Like they, they they know what the hell they're doing. I guarantee you, Drew McIntyre right, right, would have exactly. been in that match. Um, and if something went wrong and the match got cut early, I bet CU runs out and does something. Like they would have done something. But Cody, there's no way he was going to allow that to happen. He, he's legendary at this point, right? And it sounds like hyperbole. What I'm saying right now, it does. But no, not this at is all. The business. I, I think I, I think if you can't you can't walk out of the end of Hell in a Cell and not see. 
that you like the 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 stratospheric sort of level that I honestly I think both of those guys you know Seth Rollins is already there even if we want to acknowledge it uh, but I, I do think that he got to really utilize that platform with and you know was able to play off of Cody working hurt uh, in addition to doing all the heelist the, the heel shit he was going to do anyway. Like the polka dots thing was going to happen no matter what. The robe bit was probably going to happen no matter what. But to to be able to use things like digging in a hammer into the bruise, like the butt of that, like it just it, it succeeded in putting those two guys in, in a big big place. And it's funny if we had 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 a guest today, uh, I'm sure we would have talked about this in, in a much bigger detail because there was so much nonsense floating around and it really this week Greg for me has really reinforced what we always talk about in terms of people will say and do anything to reinforce a narrative they believe to be true absolutely and, and I've been sharing stuff with you off and on the last like over the last like 48 hours whether, you know, like we didn't really talk about Cody's injury, but whether it's Cody's injury, whether it's why, what's going on with MJF over at AEW, whether it's why Stephanie McMahon was, is on this leave of absence and then the steadfast refusal of anybody to believe that it's anything other than she needs a damn break right. to be away from her family. Like that, that we have like, and none of this is substantiated stuff, but we are going to, I think I don't remember you somewhere on social media. You said this, this whole rumor is fact shit mm-hmm. that is really it, it shows why we can't get anything done anywhere in this damn country because not we will work so hard. Yeah, we will work so hard to make our narrative the correct narrative and we will try to use anything we can to reinforce it. And that's what I've seen this week is, is just all of this. And I know I'm a WWE guy. I know I'm a fan, but I also don't understand how you can look at some of the stuff that's been put out there objectively, completely unsubstantiated by anything other than like one of the rumors I saw, Greg was I heard it from a person who heard it from a person, like literally the game of telephone. That's what happens. And, and we're sitting there like the WWE is terrible and AEW is perfect and wonderful. It's and because Warner Brothers wanted, is, again, is doing stuff to them. The number one factor in whether or not someone believes a rumor is true is whether or not they want it to be true. That is it. Right. And, and, and the, the, but the ideal that we throw in there, cause that's long been the case with wrestling news, right? But we hit this point in society where it, it, it stopped being okay to disagree. And it's not being okay to like what you like. You also have to go after the ones who don't like what you like. And I have said it time and time again, and you know I'm not political, but it's, it's, you can look at the 2016 election as a point in time where history changed and it no longer became okay for people to have different opinions. And, and it no longer became okay for people to, to sit on different sides of a fence and still coexist, coexisting cease to exist at that point for a good portion of the population. There are some of us who are smart enough, either like me who has no part in it or you who has a part in it, but is also understanding and listens and, 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 and realize we can still move forward after certain things happen. But, and it's trickling the world of wrestling because two years later, 
AEW is founded, and next thing you know, we have this 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 dichotomy in the world of wrestling that's like it's 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 no longer this is great. It's now this is great, and this other thing sucks, and those two have to go together. They can't not go together, and that's one of the biggest ways the world changed. And and it's it's not a temporary thing. It, it's it's an era. It, it's 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 a generation, and it's going to be here until it's not. It's going to be here for a long time. Um, right. But with wrestling news, yeah, it, it's just that's why it's so bad. And 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 I feel bad sometimes for the news sites out there because this is their livelihood, right? This is how they make their money. They need the clicks. It, and and it's so funny because in the comments. Like there was one – I don't remember what it was about today. But when you go into the comments, it was like how stupid the article was. But you can't comment on it unless you click the link and read it. So they got you and then you commented and you're probably going to go back to see if people reply to your comment. So they got you multiple times over and it's just a vicious cycle and it's going to continue. And, and I think the thing I think I regret the most is that I haven't figured it out a way to capitalize on it myself. But that's right. just – you know, because you might as well. But yeah, it is just it is the way it is. But it, it, I'm sure we'll get back to that stuff next week and talk more about it. But um, the superhuman effort by Cody Rhodes and 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 Seth Rollins is probably you know with all due respect for Demetrius Papadon and, and what he just said, Seth Rollins is probably the greatest wrestler on the planet right now. Um, sorry, Adam Cole. Since I called you the greatest wrestler walking God's green earth for years, but you stopped looking. Yeah, I saw this meme and it, and it made me so bad. It's like, you know, it's one of those, you know, how smart I am. And it's like, can't tear a peck if you don't lift weights. And it was a picture of Adam Cole. So yeah. It's, oh, uh, that's yeah. funny. It's, it's, it's sad, but that is, that is that. So uh, everybody real quick, you know, we're doing things out of order today, but head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick up your very own chair shot t-shirt. We also have the IZW merchandise on the site. And if you go there now, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, we have two brand new IZW shirts that have just been uploaded for sale. And they are IZW Pride shirts, and, and it's something that's very important to us as an organization, uh, and, and us behind the scenes. And, um, and, and we belabored how to price these out. Do we make them super cheap so that we don't make any money off of them, so that we just get that out there and let people support and be allies? Because that's something that we're so big on and huge on. Or we price them just like everything else, and 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 that's the route we've gone. We're pricing them just like everything else. But there's a company in the state of Arizona that's founded by a referee. And, and by a wrestler. And it's called Wrestle Drag. And Wrestle Drag is putting on probably three to four events per year. And, and they're supporting, uh, the, the local, you know, gay community and, and all the gay pride events. And they are filing for a nonprofit status. And that is expensive. And, and they're close to that goal. So, uh, during the pride month, we have that shirt that's available out there. And any, any profit that we make from the sale of those shirts is going to go to support Wrestle Drag and they're filing and all that. I've talked about it. They're on board with it. And so we are going to go, go that route. But it's the IZW Pride shirt. It's up there. You can get it in black and get it in white, whichever's there. And, and we want to support that movement and support the community. And, and, and I shouldn't have to say this is 2022, but you don't have to be gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, anything to buy the shirt. There's this thing called being an ally. It's probably one of the most important roles anybody can play for members of that community. Um, because the more and more they're accepted, the more and more they're hated by those who don't accept them. And, and again, it's that dichotomy I was talking about earlier. Um, and it's just really, really necessary and, and really, really important to us and to me 
and and hopefully important to a lot of you out there. So if you pick up one of those shirts, know that that's not going to support the chairshot.com and everything that we do here. That is going to support Wrestle Drag and their movement and, and and the filings that they're working on and because I'm behind it so much. Um and, and we're big time supporters of that. Miranda Morales is their ring announcer. Um and 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 they've used her for there. They use a lot of our talent and and and, and IZW and, and we're fully in support of that as well. So go out there and and, and if if that's your thing Support it if it's not your thing. Do some research and, and open up your heart just a little bit because you don't just because you can be an ally and not be gay. Like it's just, you're not gonna turn gay because you're an ally. Like it's just silly. Um, right. So so be that ally, be that support, and and be out there because uh, the world needs it, and and members of that community definitely need it big time. They need they need that support now more than ever. So. And everything else you want, chair shot related, IZW related, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Follow the website at chair shot media. Go to the chair shot.com. It's sports. It's entertainment. It's sports entertainment. All that and more over at the chair shot.com. Follow Patrick O'Dowd at wrestling realist. It's W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. There's no I in wrestling, but there is one in realist and there is one in Patrick for the wrestling realist. Patrick O'Dowd. Follow me at chair shot Greg. And, of course, tune into all things here on the Chair Shot Radio Network. Always use your head. Be a part of it. It's a lot of fun, a lot of good things, and, and that, that's really it. So different kind of show this week. Loved having the interview. Loved having Papadon on. A little bit of discussion afterwards, but it was all about the Greek god Papadon, Patrick O'Down. Felt good. Felt good to have him on there and, and talk some chop, and, and I think it was perfect. Just like old times. Awesome. Well, we are going to do this again next week. What is it going to be? Who the hell knows? But until then, we thank you for listening, and we will do this next time. Until then, hey, always use your head. Sierra Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. 